0: Oh. <laughs> good good morning. morning, good morning, Woo! good morning. I am Marty and this is Stacy, and I can truly tell you that we are grateful to see each and every one of you here today. What's up? Yeah. So whether you're in the sanctuary to this morning or whether you're watching online or whether you're out on the patio, Welcome. just know that it's not by accident that you are here. Though if you're really cold outside, it's really warm inside. Yes, come, come on inside. in.
1: Yes, so um, if you are new, you are especially welcome. And we have counters and we have a little gift for you. So we would love for you to come and meet us. There is a counter out on the patio and there are two counters inside. So if you're brand new, come on out, get your free gift and we would love to welcome you. Another great way to be welcomed and to be connected is um, next Sunday is pizza with the pastor. And they have amazing pizza and amazing people. So it is really a great time just to come and get to know um, the church and what it's all about and who's on staff and just to meet everybody. So if you're new, if you haven't done it before, come and um, meet the pastor with uh, pizza next week on the 12th.
0: And also coming up this Tuesday for all the seniors, young and old seniors, um, there is uh, Bibles and Brunch so if you're into that sort of thing come on another way to get connected and meet some more people so uh jesus is the bread of life and i'm assuming they're going to serve more than bread on tuesday so come check it out and see what they serve you
1: so um we think of this church as our family and um, we are so blessed to be here and um we never wanted to be fake and just to come up Everything's great. So, we're going through a hard time. We have a little one in the hospital. And so, um, God is with us. And that is our biggest thing that we still wanted to be here to worship because this is our family. So, in our devotional this morning that I do with some girls, this verse came up. And it's just, it's we, what we 100% feel in those valleys. So, it's Isaiah 46 4. And um, it says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. Don't you love that? Um, I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and I will save you. And that's the promise that we're holding on to today, that God carries us through those valleys. So um, thank you just for being our family.
2: way to come physically surrender to the Lord. So if you would like, as we worship this morning, feel free to come up to the altars, feel free to sit in your seat, to kneel, to stand, whatever that posture of worship is for you. So Lord, this morning we bring you everything, we bring you our messiness, we bring you our pain, we bring you our joy, Uh, and we just pray that this morning we would ultimately be drawn closer to you.
3: week I was reading in Luke chapter 6, where Jesus is trying to be trapped by some Pharisees and religious leaders, and they want to know if he's willing to heal somebody on the Sabbath, to meet them where they're at, to make them a priority, to make them know that they are seen, even above religious tradition and rules and regulations. Will Jesus be willing to see them? And the man that was wondering this had a withered hand. And the question that you're probably asking as you're reading this story is: Is he going to be willing to reach out his hand? Because in doing that, it's his shame. It's his. It's his uh, point of need. It's it's his weakness. It's his frustration. It's his doubt. It's his God. Are you willing to meet me here? And so in that moment, you have Jesus who is willing to meet someone right where they are at, but you also have an an individual who is willing to say, this is where I'm hurting. This is where I need healing. This is where I need you to meet me. I don't just need you to meet me in my strength. I need you to meet me in my weakness, Lord. And so this morning, I had the same question for you, and Jesus has proven he's willing to meet you where you're at. You have gathered in a space like this, maybe asking that question, God, are you willing to meet me? Are you willing to encounter me? Are you willing to meet me right in not just my strengths and all my prettiness, or, God, are you willing to meet me in my weakness? and my hurt and my pain and my doubt and my frustration. And he has already said, yes, he's willing. So are you willing to reach out your withered hand, whatever that is for you, and say, God, this is where I'm hurting. This is my weakness. This is where I need you to minister to me this morning. These altars that we've placed here, Maybe think of them that way, a place where you can say, hey, God, here's my withered hand. And we have prayer servants that are here this morning. And if you want to come forward during this next song and just say, God, here's my withered hand. This is an area where I need you to heal or restore or to encourage me. They would love to come alongside. They don't have to, you don't have to tell them anything. They would just love to come and encourage you and lay hands on you and pray for you during this next song. And so, Heavenly Father, may we be willing
2: To reach out our withered
3: hand in faith and in trust that you will meet us where we are at. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: you still just a as- Don't change what what you've you've done. done In your kingdom This I know There's no orphans In your presence and this I know There's no beggars At your table Sorrow in your arms Thank you God for who you are Who you are to us And everyone around us God Please open our eyes and our Hearts and our minds to what you're doing in our lives and in the the kingdom that we are a part of that we're asked to be a part of. Help us align with more of your will for our lives. Amen.
2: God, we come to you this morning just thankful for um, your reminders that you are the same God yesterday and today and forever, that you are you alone, our father, you alone our good, you alone our savior and you alone are God. I just pray that you will stir in all of us that desire to have a closer relationship with you because you are always desiring a closer relationship with us. Um, and we just pray that we continue to grow in you and that you show us um, just what you have designed for us and how it's so much better than what we could ever imagine. And so in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so one of the things, I'm going to invite the ushers forward. I almost forgot that part. It's my most important job. I'm going to invite the ushers forward to receive the offering One of the things I try to do as a parent is to communicate to my kids that we have two jobs, and that is to love God and to love others. So it's a very simplified version of Matthew 22, where he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. But it's a good reminder for me that I need to be modeling that for them. So God gives us several ways that we can love him and love other people, One of those is through generosity. So it helps us learn to trust God with our finances to know that we're not really in in control. Um, So practicing generosity is one of those ways. Another way is prayer. So if you have not grabbed one of the prayer journals, there's gonna be a new one every 10 days. It has a just real brief, scripture to read, and a kind of guided prayer for you. So growing in your prayer life is definitely a way to show your love for God. You're spending quality time with him, and it's also a way to show your love for others. You're interceding for the people in your life, Um, and if you have never had someone pray over you, it really does make you feel so loved and so cared for and so seen. So please put that into practice. Pray for the people in your life, even if you're not doing it out loud, praying over them. Um, Just make that a part of your prayer life so that you are just covering those people that you love and interact with in prayer. Um, Another way to practice prayer is coming on Monday night. We are having prayer and worship evenings. So um, it's a very sweet time of worship. There will be music. There will be prayer. It's about an hour long. It's Monday night at 6 p.m. Another part of that is that we are asking people to fast on Mondays before they come so that you come um, physically hungry, but also spiritually hungry. So I know that um, fasting is one of the ways that God gives us to grow in our relationship And I know that it teaches me to love God more because I experienced that on Monday. I I talked to God a lot more on Monday than I have in the past because it's hard. Um, I don't think that fasting teaches you about loving others. I found it more difficult to love others on Monday while I was fasting, but I did grow closer to God. So um, prayer and fasting are two ways that God teaches us to love others and love love him. Um, Another thing coming up is we have Celebration Sunday. So on Palm Sunday, which is the weekend before Easter, we have Celebration Sunday, and we will be celebrating those who want to show their love for God by committing their life to him through baptism. So if that's not something that you've done and that's something that's been on your heart, we would love to celebrate that with you. That is my favorite day at New Life is when we have Celebration Sunday. Another thing we celebrate is all the kids. That we come together as a community to help those parents teach their kids to love God and love other people. So as part of this church family, you get to walk alongside those parents. So if you are a parent and you want to dedicate your kiddo, please stop at one of the connection counters and we can help you get signed up for Celebration Sunday. Okay, I am going to invite my friend Bree up to share the Lord's Prayer with us. Good morning, New Life. How are you this morning? Um, I have been following through and doing my journal every day, and I tell you, it has just been amazing to spend that time with God and have God breathe breathe into me every single day. Um, So I'm going to be reading the Lord's Prayer that we have written in our journal. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
5: Good morning. You know, as we're preparing for this morning and you listen to the Lord's Prayer and you listen to what Brie just read over us and to us, I want you to just take a moment to think a little bit about what stood out to you in that prayer. Was there a part of it that you connected with? Was there a part of it that you, you latch onto as it was being read? For some of us, we're reading along in our heads. We've memorized the prayer and over the years you can quote it and so as someone else is saying it, you're reading it along with them. But then there's other parts of it, I think, and as I talked to people this last week about the Lord's Prayer who are starting to read it, trying to memorize it. There's people who had never heard of it before. They kind of talk about what they connected with and it seems like there was like three main areas in this Lord's Prayer that that people seem to latch on to. And the part about, give us this day our daily bread. There is a lot of people right now who literally that is what they're clinging onto, that's what's connecting. Because they don't know if they can afford to put food on the table. They don't know if they're gonna have enough to feed their families, to feed themselves, are they making enough money because the world is so expensive right now and so difficult. But then there's people who seem like they've connected to the part about forgiveness. Yes, forgive me, but also help me forgive that who I'm in relationship with, the person who has hurt me. There are some people who I know who are in here today who are trying to figure out, do I need to ask for forgiveness? Is it a big deal? Do I ask? Do I try to repair a relationship, press into it? And then that forgiveness piece is just difficult because we're in relationship with a lot of people and people hurt us and things happen and we make mistakes and choices And sometimes we have a really hard time forgiving, but that part can stick out to us. And then I know there's a lot of people who are about the protection piece. Deliver us from evil. Protect our families. Cover us. Don't let our kids go down the wrong path. Don't let me go down the wrong path. Don't let my life be trapped by the things of this world. And we latch on to these things, these provisions that we want God to give us. And I think that's great, and I think it will change as every time we say it, depending on the stage of life or where we're at, certain things will stick out to us. But since last week when Pastor David started this series on Teach Us to Pray, one of the things I started asking myself was do we connect with the beginning of the prayer? Do we connect with the part where it says in Matthew 6, 10, after, remember the disciples have asked Jesus, teach us to pray and they know how to pray, but teach us like you pray. Do we connect to this part of the prayer? Do we really believe it? Do we understand it? Last week, we went over the whole prayer and gave an overview of it, but I thought to myself, how many of us are really, really thinking about the words, our father? Where the first thing Jesus does is he makes it clear that it's not just his father. It's not Mark's father. It's not so-and-so's father. It's our father. Every created person in here, he is our father. Everyone. He creates all human beings, all living things, the heavens and the earth. He is our father, which makes us his children, which makes us brothers and sisters, which makes us family, which makes us a people who are not only concerned about ourselves, but about everyone around us. Then I think to myself, do we think about the words Hallowed be your name? Hallowed or to hallow means to set aside as holy. Do we see God as holy, as mighty? As the creator of all things, do we believe that we worship the one and only true God? See, I think this affects our prayers because if we don't own this, if we don't believe he's our father, if we're not sure that he's actually power, powerful, it'll affect whether or not we believe that we want his will to be done. It affects how we pray. It affects what we do. Because see, your will be done has really made an impact in my life for the last couple of years. I don't know what happened, but some point in my life, in the last couple of years, I literally have wanted to know what does it mean for your will to be done? Because I love this prayer. But what am I saying when I say your will be done? Because I have a tendency to be like, hey, I need my will be to be done. I'm not loving anything. Help it. Like, and so I had to start wrestling with what does that actually mean? for me to actually come to you and say, your will be done, to trust you to that degree. And what I realize is it's a wrestling match sometimes, to trust, to believe that he sees each and every one of us, to believe that he knows what's on our minds and on our hearts, to believe that he has a purpose and it is a purpose for his kingdom, a good purpose. And it starts with, do I believe that he is my father and he is the one true God? And I want us to think about that this morning because a lot of us will say the words of the prayer. We'll quote things. We'll do what people tell us to do and cross our fingers and hope it gets better. But there's more to it than hoping that it gets better. We have to actually know him. We actually have to spend time with him because we're not gonna trust someone we do not know. And what I love about this prayer when it first starts out is that Jesus is praying a prayer of adoration. Adoration means he has a deep respect, a deep love for his Father. Do we have a deep respect and a deep love for God the Father? When we pray, are we coming from a place and a position of you are our father and we are the children and you are full of wisdom and glory and hope and love. I know some of us are this morning are thinking to ourselves, of course he loves us. But you would be amazed at how many people have walked the Lord with the Lord for a really long time and they're not sure. Because this world shakes us up This world makes us question who we are. Does he hear us and does he see us? Which then leads to the question, do we really know him? Can I know him? See, if you're here today, I know that there are people here who have known him for a long time. And your testimonies will testify to the things that he has done in your life. You can literally tell stories upon stories of where you've seen God move and change and transform who you are. But I also know that there's people in here today who are questioning whether or not this whole thing is real, or if we're just a bunch of weirdos (laughs) who come in every week and sing songs and raise our hands and pray and pray for one another and shed tears. Like, Are you just a bunch of strange people hoping on nothing? And what I'm saying today is if you're here, you're not here by accident. And what the whole point of this morning is and every single morning that we gather it's for not you to not know of him, but for you to truly know him. So how do we know him? Well, that's what we're gonna look at this morning. How do you get to know someone? How do you get to know your father? How do you know what his will is for your life, for our lives, for our church, for this community? How do we know that? And we're gonna look at Psalm 46. That's where we're gonna spend most of our time. Psalm 46 is in the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament, and we're going to focus mostly on verse 10. But see, if Psalm 46, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. It's short, quick, but it has so much meaning and so much power in the whole Psalm. Because the Psalm is, it says right in the beginning here, it tells you exactly what this Psalm is written for. It says, For the choir director, a song of the descendants of Korah to be sung by soprano voices. I know nothing about music, but I'm assuming that's a certain type of voice. (laughs) So all you Sopranos out there, welcome to your (laughs) psalm. But what I love is that the Psalmist writes and he literally is writing, we're not gonna read the whole thing, but he starts off as God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Starts off with who God is a declaration of what he can do. He is our refuge and our strength in times of trouble. He goes on in verse seven and says, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. This Psalm is powerful and beautiful and it's a song that's written and this Psalmist is proclaiming and knows who God is and he speaks and he writes this whole time. And then this strange thing happens. I guess it's not strange, but it seems strange. In verse 10, all of a sudden we go from the psalmist writing to God speaking. Because in verse 10, and I know a lot of you have heard this verse, but it says this, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored in every nation and I will be honored throughout the world. Some translations say, I will be exalted through every nation. I will be exalted throughout the world. He will be in his right place. And I I love this song because we ask ourselves times, how do we pray? And we were taught by the Lord's Prayer. That is one way we can pray. But we're not meant just to quote things and hope that it changes who we are. We're not meant to just do what everyone tells us to do. I've said this before, you've heard me say this before, I don't care who's up here preaching, who's on this platform, who's leading you, you should be going to God and checking with him to make sure that the words that are said and the things that are taught line up with his word. Because we are people and we mess everything up. But God, we only know God by being still, and knowing who he is. See, I know a lot of us struggle with being still. Every day I talk to people for counseling, all kinds of anxiety and fear and depression, and it's everywhere and it's prevalent and it's on the rise. And part of it is because we're a people who are totally exposed to a ton of stuff all the time. I don't remember where I read this this week, but somewhere like in 2017, they said that people touch their phones over 2,000 times a day. It's now 2023, I'm sure we touch it way more than that. (laughs) Which back then meant that we spent about two and a half hours a day just staring at a screen. I do know that the current statistic is we spend about five to five and a half hours looking at some sort of screen. Concerning ourselves with instant communication, news, Updates: being able to say whatever we want to say and throw it out there. We're constantly a people on the move. The thing is, is we from a very young age hear the words, "Be still." <clears throat> sit still." How many of you tell your kids to sit still? <laughs> All the time. There are people that I talk to, and sitting still, they can't stand it. They don't like being still. and some of you, you're sitting still right now, but your legs going on 100 miles an hour. But see, the the Bible is full of things that God knew we were gonna struggle with and being still is one of them. But to be still, it might not mean what you think it totally means. God's not saying, hey, sit down and put your hands in your lap and just sit still and wait it out for five minutes and be with me. Be still means to cease striving. One, one of the authors I read said, stop finding one thing to change out with another thing just to fix the thing. Like stop grappling, stop fighting, stop trying to do things in your own strength. Be still. Surrender. Surrender it. What does it mean? What does it look like for us to be still? To not just sit still, but to be quiet, to stop talking, to stop asking, to stop declaring, to stop telling God what our will is, but to be still and listen, to be present. It's difficult. Some people can be totally still when you're planning tomorrow night's dinner. You're planning the next four hours. You're checking your phone to see if someone texted you. It's like, it's constant. But what is it like to be still and literally center your whole mind and your heart on him? I thought an interesting way to look at it is one writer said that the Latin word for be still is vacay. (laughs) I did not expect that. (laughs) Where we get our word vacation. Remove ourselves from it and put ourselves in his presence. Put ourselves in front of our father who is holy and perfect and knows all our needs. Who helps us in times of trouble, who knows everything. His will is perfect and good. But it's to be still and to know that I am God. To know that I am God, to actually not wonder, not to be still just for the sake of being still, but to know that he is God. Because when we come before him, everything changes. There is a book that Pastor David had asked me to read and it's been awesome so far, I'm not done with it, but the book is Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools. Pretty good title, it was very intriguing. But he says this about being still: when we stop moving, stop talking, and arrive present and quiet before God, He takes all of our disordered desires, our distorted attachments, and codependencies, and transforms them into love. Isn't it true? Think about it for a moment. No matter how frantic you are, no matter what needs you have no matter what concern you have, when we come to him and we truly put ourselves before him and we just let it go, we all of a sudden have a calmness. All of a sudden what is revealed to us is the truth of who God is and we actually can recall what he has done in our lives. We stop trying to grab at everything to fix it ourselves and we surrender it to him. To know him is not just know of him. And church, this is where I think this sermon really started to press into me is because we have become a people of knowing a lot of things. We know a ton of stuff. We know about people. We can say we know so-and-so. We've never met them, been in the same city with them, but we say we know them because we read about them or they tweeted something. I don't wish to know him. We want to have a deep, deep love, desire, and pull to be the children that he's called us to be? Do you know that God loves you? That he sees every moment. He knows every hair on your head. He knows what you're thinking right here, right now. I know some of us feel so unseen, so not valuable, so unworthy, so broken and so stinking over it. And he knows the whole point of coming here to reading your word, to praying, to worshiping him is because you want to have an intimate, deep relationship with the father. Because as his children, we need him to bring his peace, to bring his hope, to be reminded that we are loved and that we want his will to be done in our lives. To know him is to experience him. To experience him, our God is alive and well. Do you know that you can go through your day and see God? You can see his good works. You can see him working through people. You can see him in creation. There isn't a day that goes by that we don't see God. And then we should be able to lift our voices and raise our hands and praise him and declare his goodness in our lives and in each other's lives. See, when we know that God is father and we know that he is holy, we not only know ourselves, but then we start to change the lens of how we see each other. In church, we should be different than what the rest of the world sees and treats each other. We should love like he loves us. We should be able to share what he has done in our lives and those around us. But it's almost like we've become a people who are afraid to say who he is in our lives. To say that we truly know him. Christianity has become a thing where we're starting to say we know about him or I've heard of him or that's a cool religion. Guys, it is a relationship that is transforming every bit of who we are. You can't know Jesus. You can't know the father without it totally impacting your life. So see the challenge in the prayer this morning is do we actually spend time with him? Can we spend time with him? Can we believe and know him? Yes, we can. Can you declare and know your experiences with him? Yes. Prayer is not just about bringing our frantic selves to him. Prayer is not about getting so busy and so distracted that as we run down the street, we're like, hey, help me. And then we move on. Prayer is actually being intentional and wanting to know him more and more. Prayer is going in and believing that he is love and that he is hope and that there is a purpose for each and every one of us. This morning, my heart breaks for so many people who are struggling. It causes us to challenge our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, The amount of people I hear say every day that no one knows what's going on with them. No one knows what's going on in their world. Not one person, except for me in the moment, knows what's happening. And what happens is, is when we start living life in secret and alone, we also do that to God. We start to believe that he doesn't know either and he doesn't see us and he doesn't need us and he's just not gonna do it. And this morning, I want us to be reminded there isn't a thing God misses. We as the church cannot believe the lie that it doesn't matter what we do with our faith. It matters, it matters. So can we be still and know him? Yes. Can we press in? Yes. Do we need help? Of course. But the goal is to be able to declare him our father and for his will to be done. And here's how I kinda wanna tie this up and close. When I say I want us to be still and know when the word, when God says and know that I am God, it's not just another verse I want you to memorize. What we want is for us to be a church who is on fire. And if you've been here for the last couple months, God is on the move. God is on the move. And it's terrifying in some ways to know that God is on the move and you're going to get up here and preach the word of God. You're like, don't let me be the one to put out the fire. Like, (laughs) I don't have that power, but you kind of think that. But why would he be on the move? Because we, church, as the people, are pressing in. Because we are literally saying, take us and make us who you want to be. We we can say, Lord, I'm losing my ever-loving mind. My world's falling apart. I don't know what's happening. Fix this. Yet, your will be done. Say everything you think. Tell them how you feel. Tell them it should have been done yesterday. Whatever it is. But our prayers should always include, and we should mean it, but your will be done because God will be exalted amongst the nations. God will be exalted in all of the earth. And we wanna be a people who are ready to fall on our knees and to worship him when he comes. And so this morning, I'm gonna ask you if you'll stand with me. It's always important, I think, to know what do we do after we hear things, after we've read things, after we've worshipped. I think it's important to know what your next step could be. I know that we get up here and we tell you the hundred things that are going on here at New Life. But I think one of the most important things that's coming up, and this will be just my opinion probably, but is we have Celebration Sunday. There's a lot of people who know the Lord but haven't taken the step of baptism and maybe that's you. And I know for some people, they're like, oh, it's not really necessary. You know what it is? It's your testimony to us and to God that you have been resurrected into new life and you call him Lord and Savior. That you are part of a family that you proudly lay down your life and allow him to fill it back up. So I challenge you, Celebration Sunday, come. If you've already been baptized, come and join us. Maybe it's going to crash course, learning more about being a part of this church, what we believe and why we do all of what we do. You know what it really could be also? That you do something different this morning than you do every weekend you come here. Do you meet someone new? Do you come forward for prayer and let the prayer team pray over you? Do you go out to connections and just say hi and take a risk and know that God is on the move? No matter what we do next, he's with you. But my challenge is, is that you will be still. Not to check it off a box, but because you want to experience your father. Because you want to know him and you want him to transform you. So may you go today knowing him, receiving his love and surrendering all that you have in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, blessings.